world this last weekend. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 25. And um, we're going to talk about faithfulness tonight. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. How many of you know you serve a faithful God? Amen. We serve a faithful God. You know, I always used to wonder as a kid growing up, why, you know, if God can't remember my past, why can I remember it? You know, sometimes that's just if, if I could just get rid of my past and the, the things that I know, the places that I know that I've failed and messed up. You know, no matter how many times you read Second Corinthians five seventeen, that past will creep up on you. And that's because that's all that the devil has to throw at you. That's how condemnation works. Let me make you feel guilty about what you've already done. Because if, if, if you look at your future, you would never look at the past again. And God's a, God is future oriented. God is always talking about who you could be and what's inside of you and the potential. And that's why he would talk to Abraham, uh, you know, a, a barren man with a barren wife, 75 years old, and says, you're going to be a father of many nations. That's why he'll talk to David, the youngest one in the family, the one that's just out tending the sheep and says, this is the next, this is the next king of Israel. That's why I look at it. A Gideon who's hiding down at the lowest place and says, you're going to lead an army of 300 men against the very enemy that's been conquering my people for so long. That's why God is always looking at future, but we're the ones that always look at past. And that always used to bother me. But then I heard someone say one time that the reason why we can remember our past is it allows us to look upon the faithfulness of God. See, every time I look back and see all the failures and all the mess ups, I can look at a God that restored me out of all that. Knowing that he's well able and well capable of doing it again in the future. If he brought me out of that mess, what else could he get me through? Amen. And so your past is there so you can always look back on the faithfulness of God. It even said that of Abraham that, uh, you know, going through his life, that he would look back on God and God would always proven himself to be faithful. Amen. And so faithfulness is a key. In fact, if you look at the fruit of the spirit, uh, faithfulness is one of the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, you know, on down the line, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, self-control. That's one of the fruits of the spirit. So not only is that part of God's nature, but that ought to be a part of our nature is faithfulness. And so I kind of wanted to find faithfulness. You know, sometimes we we stop at the third fruit, love, joy and peace. And then after that, we, you know, kind of gets a little scattered with the last six, you know, but there's nine total. And, uh, you know, we know love, we know joy, we know peace. And that's fruit of the spirit. But faithfulness is a fruit of the spirit. What does that mean? That means that it is a result of spirit living. That's all that fruit is. Fruit is what's produced. Based upon what goes in. Fruit of the spirit means that I am producing something because the spirit life that I've now encountered with God. And so I want to take a look at this subject of faithfulness. And first of all, I want to define faithful um, according to the Bible. And it means this. It means fullness. Steadiness. And certainty. Fullness, 
steadiness and certainty. So faithfulness has a consistency to it. Faithfulness is not erratic. Faithfulness is not spontaneous. Faithfulness is not I'm this way one time and I'm another way another time. Um, It pertains to that which is permanent, steadfast or enduring. This is the definition of faithful. Pertains to that which is permanent, steadfast or enduring. It comes from the root word, which means sure, established and steady. Sure, established and steady. If, if you are full of faithfulness, and that means that someone can have faith in you. What is faith? Faith is trust. Faith is a belief system that I believe that they can come through. I believe that they can do this. I believe this about this person. So it's having faith in someone. And if someone is faithful or is emanating faithfulness, that means that you're able to have faith in them. Well, can we have faith in God? Amen. We can have faith in God. In fact, Jesus told us to have faith in God. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Why? Because God is faithful. The Bible says that he is faithful to that which he promised. That means that we know that he is sure, established, steadfast with certainty, steadiness, enduring, established. We know that God is established. So when we have faith in him, because he's faithful, it's never going to fail. Okay, but faithfulness does something for you. For the person that is having faith in the person, it does something for you. Faithfulness produces a picture of your past that predicts your future. Let me say that again. Faithfulness is a picture of your past that predicts your future. What do I mean by that? Because I know that God healed me in the past and it's established, steady, sure, founded. I know he can heal me in the future. See, what it does is it shows me a picture of your past, but it also tells me what you'll do in the future. Okay? That's the God that we serve. God is a faithful God. But what I want to show you tonight is that we are to be faithful people. In fact, God demands it. By making it a fruit of the spirit, that means that this new life that we come into, we should be doing something today that establishes us tomorrow. And so I want to look at one of my favorite passages. It's one of my favorite parables. It's the parable of the talents. And we're going to read it on through and then we're going to break it apart piece by piece. We're pretty much going to stay here for most of the service. And this is also known as the parable of the faithful servant. But within it is also a picture of an unfaithful servant. So we get to see what faithfulness looks like, and then we get to see what it looks like when we're not faithful or when we're unfaithful with something. And so here in verse 14, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. 
And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Verse 16. Then he, he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received my own with interest. So take the talent from him. And give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But to him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. So we see a story here, a parable that Jesus is telling, where a master, a Lord, is going away and has given his property in increments, divided it up between three of his servants. Now, That does not make them owner of the property. This is what we call a steward. And there is a principle of stewardship here that is tied to faithfulness. Because being faithful means you're being faithful with someone else's stuff, not yours. See, it's easy to be faithful when it belongs to you. Can you be faithful with somebody else's stuff? And so these three men become what we call a steward. And a steward is one that cares for another's. You're taking care of something that really belongs to someone else, but you're taking care of it as they would take care of it. And so faithfulness is required to enter into stewardship. Well, doesn't that sound Familiar. Psalms chapter 115 says the earth, the, the highest heavens and the earth are the Lord's, but he's given them to the sons of man. He's given the earth. Well, who owns the earth? God, who's in control and in charge of it, taking care of it. Man. So we are stewards over what God has placed In our possession. Remember, Jesus started this whole thing off in verse 14 with the statement, for the kingdom of heaven is like 
So if you want to understand the kingdom, you've got to know faithfulness and you've got to know stewardship. These two principles you have to know if you're going to understand the kingdom of God. Remember, that's what God intended in the beginning was a kingdom. This is what Jesus came back to restore was a kingdom. And so we've got to understand how faithfulness and stewardship operate. So the first thing we see is that the master gives to his servants something that belongs to him and is expecting them to take care of it in a certain way. The next thing we see in verse 15, he says, and to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. According to his own ability. Now, this used to be a question that I had. How did he determine his own ability? First of all, I want to say this. You don't want anything that's outside of your ability. Okay. Uh, in, in ministry, we, we tell pastors, uh, don't try to operate outside of your gift because the grace to operate is in the gift that you're called to do. So don't try to operate. See, you might want to pastor a church of a thousand people and you've only got a hundred, but you may not have the grace to pastor a thousand people. You might not have the grace. You might want to be. Uh, You know, you might want to own a business, but you might not have the grace of God to own a business. You see what I'm saying? What does that mean? That means that you might be trying to operate out of something that you're fit to do. You've got a job, you've got an assignment and the Lord, the master knows your ability. See, the master was able to divvy these up according to their own ability. So he had to know their ability. Well, what determined their ability? I believe it's found in the rest of the passage. I believe it's in faithfulness. I believe that the one that he gave five originally at one point was given one and proved to do right with the one. Proved to do right with two. Proved to do right with three. You see what I'm saying? And so now we're able to say you can be given five to the next one. He was able to give two. According to his own ability. What determined that? Well, at some point, somewhere down the line, he was given one. And then we see a a guy given one and realize this is where I've got to start you out at. But see, where God starts you out at, he never intends for you to stay. (laughs) God loves to advance you. God loves to progress you. In fact, he wants you to and he needs you to. See, the one with five talents is able to make a greater influence. But he had to first prove I can handle five talents. Because imagine if he was given five and he was the one that put it in the ground. Versus the one that only had one. No, he was at a level where he had to prove I can handle little so I can be given more. The principle is is in the parable itself. He didn't just say, well, you're like a guy, you could take five. And yeah, I think you could take two. You, You can only handle one. No, I believe they all started out with one. I believe the parable spells that out well enough for us that somebody had to be faithful at a lower level to be given more. Okay, so we see that according to his own ability. So if you want more, you need to strengthen your ability to handle more. That's what God is. That's what Jesus is saying in this parable. If you want more, handle what you got. And look at this. Everybody's got something. 
Everybody's got something that they can be faithful with today. Everybody's got something that you can be faithful with today. God, I want more revelation in your scripture. Then be faithful with what you know now. Are you obeying the word you know now? Or are you just desiring to, I just want to go deeper. I want greater revelation, but you're not even heeding the revelation that you have today. This, this faithfulness principle goes across the board. It goes with money. It goes with children. It goes with influence. It goes with business. God, I want my business to be a million dollar business. Well, you're not even handling it property at a $10,000 business right now. So why would I give you See, there's a proving that's involved. See, this will bust up. Let me just get on my knees and pray and demand of God. And he said I could have whatever I said. Yeah, but God knows if it's outside of your ability, you will destroy it rather than do anything right with it. And so there's some proving that has to take place. Okay. And so he's setting a pattern here uh, on down the line. Now, let's look at verses 16 and 17. He who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Now, we go on down and we find the master's coming to take account. I find it interesting that no matter what level you're at, the master's coming looking for the same response. They are they all have the same responsibility with what was given. The amount means nothing. Whether you were given five or whether you were given one. The amount means nothing. The response is still the same. Will you be faithful with what I gave you? You see, that should help us out. Because we can all look at our lives and wish we had more or wish we were at another level or say, I wish I had this. There's some one talent people in here and you're saying, man, I wish I had the five. And there's some two talent people in here that are saying, I wish I had the five. And there's some five talent people in here that are saying, I wish I had the ten. And God is saying, prove to me that you can operate with what you have today. Now we... Keep on going down. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 19. The Lord's coming back to settle accounts. He's coming back to settle accounts. See, it's not optional. The, the one who had the one, he didn't have the option to bury it in the ground. That wasn't his choice. He was operating outside of what his master desired for him. Okay. So the master is coming back to settle accounts. Verse 20. So he who had received five came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. Now, this is what I find interesting. For those of us that want more. The power to get more. Is with you. (laughs) Notice that he wasn't, you know, he didn't do something with the five and then the master came back and said, all right, you're ready for ten. 
No, he proved that he was ready for ten by doing with the five and getting the ten. He, the power was with him to multiply that, to advance, to expand, to be given more, to be faithful with more. And let's look at the Lord's response to him. His Lord said to him, verse 21, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. See, even the one with five, he still gave them the same response as he gave the others. Because five compared to ten is few. And then one day he's going to be expected to take the ten and get twenty. And the ten will be small will be few. I'll tell you right now, you don't want to despise the day of small beginnings because what you do with the few, with the small, shows God what you're going to do with the large. This is your proving ground. This is your opportunity to show God, I have the ability to handle more. I have the ability To handle more. He says that you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler. Over many things. Ruler. He doesn't say since you've been faithful with a few things. I know you'll be faithful with many things. He says you'll be a ruler over. That you'll control. You'll dominate. You'll be in charge of. That's exciting. He's placing you as ruler over many things if we're faithful with few things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. God gets joy out of us being faithful with the little and making much. God gets joy out of that. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And the Lord didn't say, why didn't you get ten like the other guy? No, it was within his ability to get two more. And he gets the same response. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Same response. Verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have What is yours? And this identifies something very interesting. That God, the Lord, when he comes back to settle accounts, he is not looking for what he gave you. That will not be good enough. See, sometimes we think, well, I still have what God gave me. I didn't lose it. But that's not what he's coming back for. He says in the next statement, his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. 
So the other guys got well done, good and faithful servant. This guy gets you wicked and lazy. Laziness is the opposite of faithfulness. Faithfulness requires work. See, he's not asking us to just maintain something. He's asking us to grow this thing. He's asking for something more back than what he gave and put in our possession. And so there's responsibility that is tied with this faithfulness. I've been made steward over something that belongs to somebody else. And I'm not just here to maintain it. I'm here to grow it. I'm here to expand it. I'm here to add to it. And so I've got to be faithful with it. Because what I do today determines what I will do tomorrow. What you have done determines what you will do. What you have done determines what you will do. This is the picture of faithfulness. Faithfulness is that picture of our past that predicts what we'll do in the future. And so we've got to understand that what we have done is a picture of what we will do with the next. But if we haven't been faithful with the little, we won't be given the much in return. So look what he says, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seed. See, he's gathering where the master did not scatter seed. The master is coming to gather up what you've been planting and what you've grown yourself. It's in your power. Sometimes we're asking God to, you know, expand this and help us with this and help us. And he's saying, you've got it. It's in your power. The very thing that I gave you has the potential to grow. If you'll work it and be faithful with it and be responsible with it, because I am going to gather where I have not scattered. I didn't do the scattering. I didn't do the planning. You did. I mean, isn't that what Paul said? To the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he said, I planted, Apollos watered, but who brings the increase? God. God gets the increase. He's the one that's reaping based upon what the planting and the watering that we're doing. He says in verse 27, you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back. My own with interest. God is looking for interest. God is looking for extra. God is looking for more than what he put in your hands. God is looking for what he gave us and then some. Because he knows that what he gave us has the potential to grow. The potential to be more. Amen. And so look what happens here in the next verse. And a lot of a lot of us may not like this, but this is how it works. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. So the one that he had, even what you have will be taken away. The master goes on to say, and he gave to him who already had. You know what that's called? 
That's called blessing. Blessing is something you do not work for. See, the one who had five increased his five to five more. He worked for that. But then on top of that, he's now getting the extra talent from this other wicked, lazy servant. Faithfulness is the key to blessing. If you want to see blessings show up in your life, you have to be faithful with what you already have. We want to be blessed with a new car, but we haven't been faithful with the one we currently own. We want to be blessed financially, but we're not being faithful with the finances we currently have. We want to be blessed in these different areas in our lives, but we're not being faithful with the one we have. We want to be blessed with the promotion at work, but we're not being faithful and obedient and showing up on time and, 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 and acting submitted in the position we're currently in. And you know how we all think, if I had that, I would do this. If I had that, I would do this. I mean, I, I hear that from pastors all the time, especially when you're starting out. And we kind of had the same thought when we first got here. Well, if I had a worship team, we would do this. If I had a larger building, we would do this. If I had space for the youth, we would do youth. If I had the space, uh, you know, to do this or do that, or if I had that kind of, if we had those kind of, we can play that game all day long. But in the end, God's sitting back and saying, but you got something. What are you going to do with that? My wife and I did that when we first got here. We weren't here six months and we were thinking, man, we're the only ones that are that are church minded in the sense that we're coming. We're coming to church and we have the thought process of growing this thing and running with the vision. And I was thinking, man, if we had staff, if I had some Rama graduates just like me, that thought like me and acted like me and talked like me and could speak in faith like me. And so for. You know, the first six months, we're just, you know, just going, just doing what God called us to do. And then we went to this conference and I heard uh, a pastor minister a message called, what do you have? And it shook me because he went back to the Old Testament with the uh, widow woman where uh, Elijah showed up and, and said, make me some food. And she said, all I have. It's a little bit of bread that we're going to make me and my son and we're going to die. And the prophet has the wherewithal and the audacity to say, give it to me first. Because we always have something. And that weekend we came back and that Sunday I announced, if you feel that you're called here to do more than just attend church or go to church and you have a, a you want to get hooked up with the vision and run with us. I don't care if you ever thought you'd be on staff or want to be on staff or even care about being in church. Come tonight at six o'clock and we had three families come. <laughs> Why? Because we're going to be faithful with what we have. And now we've seen families added. And I know it was a direct result because we were faithful with what we had. Faithful with what we had. We were faithful with worship when we were just playing songs off a computer all that time. 
And then live worship is here. And because we are faithful with little, we're going to be made rulers over much. And this goes into your personal life. This isn't just a church thing. This isn't just for pastors. Be faithful with what you have because everybody has something. Because we're all praying for the blessing. We're all praying for the adding. And that's what Jesus said would happen. If you would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things would be what? Added unto you. Did you know that your paycheck is not added to you? Added means you did not work for it at all. By definition, it means I didn't go out to try to obtain this thing at all. It just came to me. He says, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the things that the Gentiles are seeking, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? Where am I going to live? All the things that people are still seeking for today. Those things will be added to you. You won't even have to work for them. It's literally what the scripture says. And see here that this faithful servant who took five and turned it into ten has had another one added to him. Didn't do anything for it. The master says, give it to that guy. Why? Because he was faithful. See, we don't like to see people with money getting more money, but we don't know what they've been faithful with. You don't know what they've been faithful with. You don't know what they've been pressing through. You don't know what the master's been saying. They have been faithful with little or they took that five and turned it into ten or they took that ten and turned it into twenty. So I'm going to bless them with more. And we think all the the poor should get it. Well, they're not being faithful. You know, I I heard a a pastor up in uh, South Carolina. He's got, I don't know, over 15,000 members in his church. Very large church. And he's talking about these uh, uh, people that come to his church, but they want to send money down to the, the, the church on the side of the road that's, you know, not even not, not doing well. And, you know, the roof's falling off and like we want to help them put the roof on. And so he made a demonstration one day. He brought up all these different types of soil. All the different types of soil. And and he said he gave seed to a few people and he said, all right, now all of you come up here and pick, pick a soil where you want to plant these seeds in. And there was several of them were good. But then there was like one or two cups that had really hard, nasty soil in it. And nobody picked it. Obviously. Why? Because you want to sow your seed in good soil. He says, we're good soil. Look, we're producing. This church is, is, is what it is today because we are producing and we're overflowing and it is good soil to give into. See, sometimes we got to just have a mentality change of what does good soil look like? And why are we putting, uh, you know, seed into ground that's not going to produce anything? And guess what? God's not putting seed in ground that's not going to produce anything. Because God is an investor. He's not a spender. He doesn't spend money. He invests it. 
He doesn't spend these talents. The talents and the abilities that you have, God didn't just spend them and say, here, you take a a guitar ability and here you uh, have a great singing voice and you are great with finances and you have great influence and can command an audience. He's not just scattering this stuff. He is investing it knowing that if I put that gift or that talent in you, you're going to reap back a harvest for me and I'm going to gather where I have not scattered seed. Not even God does that. Not even God puts seed into soil that's not going to produce anything. He cast the lazy, wicked servant out. And then he gave the overage, the extra, and added it to the one who was faithful. Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20. Proverbs 28, verse 20 says, A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Look, you can't do it on your own. The blessings come through faithfulness and being responsible with what you're given. Blessings are abounding to the one that is faithful. What? That is operating with what they have as if they had more. Those are, that is where the blessings come to. Over in Luke chapter 12. Over in Luke chapter 12 and verse 48. This was actually another parable of a faithful and wise Steward it is worded a little bit differently, but in verse 48. Down there in the middle, he says, for everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required to whom much has been committed of him. They will ask the more. See, we got to ask the question, are we. Willing to take on the responsibility of the more. Because more always comes with more responsibility. Sometimes we want the more, but we don't want the responsibility that comes with it. But the responsibility is attached to it. And the faithfulness is still... Look, it doesn't matter if you have seen the blessings show up in your life. Guess what? That one that had the five that got to ten and now he has eleven. He's now going to be responsible for eleven. It doesn't stop. This thing will never stop for the rest of your life. You will always have to be faithful with what you have. To be given more. God is about progression. Faithfulness will bring advancement in your life way quicker than you going out and trying to get it for yourself. God has a way of getting stuff to his children that he needs his children to have. Period. I mean, it's amazing to me that he could send his disciples into a town, into Jerusalem, and say, when you get in there, you're going to see a donkey tied up, and just tell them that the Lord has need of it. And so they go in. And they see the donkey and they start to untie it. And the people stop and say, hey, what are you doing? Oh, the Lord has need of it. 
These people aren't saved. These people aren't Christians. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't care about Jesus. And all they have to say is the Lord has... You, your boss doesn't have to be a Christian to promote you. God has ways of getting things to his people when they need it for the kingdom of God. And if you just prove to be faithful with where you're at, he'll promote you. He'll promote you. God has ways of getting finances to you way quicker. Because blessings abound to the faithful. Those that hasten to get rich, they won't go unpunished. Proverbs tells us. But we have to understand that with the more comes more responsibility. Every time we grow in God, everything we learn. Look, when you begin to learn truths from the word of God, you now are responsible for the knowledge and the information that he's given you. The revelation that has shown up. When when we uh, 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 when, when God places something in our life and when he places more relationships in our lives, we're now responsible for those. You've been praying for a good friend. You've been praying for a good person. But now you're responsible for that person. Been praying for a husband. Been praying for a wife. Been praying for children. Well, now you're responsible for everything that God places in your life. But the greatest thing about it is if we will be faithful, He will bless us. Faithfulness always precedes a blessing. If you're believing God for a blessing in your life in any capacity, start looking at what you have. Start identifying what is in my hand now that I can be faithful with, that I can show God I can be responsible with, I can add to it, and watch what He'll bless you. Watch what He'll do. Amen? Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this word. And Father, we thank you first and foremost that you are a faithful God. You are faithful. Everything that's been given to you, you have been faithful with. You have progressed with. Every time we need healing, we know that you're faithful to heal. Every time we need provision, we know that you are faithful to provide. Every time that we need joy or peace, we know that you are faithful to bring us joy and peace in our lives. And Father, we know this, that we are to emanate your nature. We are to reveal you in the earth. And you want us to be faithful people. So, Father, we change our heart, we change our mentality from always looking out beyond and trying to grab a hold of stuff that's not quite in our possession. We start looking at what we have today. What do we have? What can we be faithful with today? When Jesus stood, uh, when when they were exiting the building and they were all giving of their offering and all the, the, the Pharisees gave by and they gave much... But then a widow woman comes by with two mites. And you stop and you say, this one has been faithful with what she had. Father, it's not how much. It's a picture of our heart. It's a picture of our heart. And so, Father, today we change our mentality. We change our heart to understand that we want to be faithful with everything you've given us. Be responsible with everything that's in our possession, knowing that you bless those that are faithful. Blessings abound to the faithful. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we want to take up our tithes and offering at this time. Amen.